Hey everybody, this is Alec, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Now, thanks everybody who's been listening to the previous podcast, the one on, specifically the one on how do we relationship, that was a really interesting manga to me, and I'm glad I talked about it on the podcast, and it seems like everybody listening is glad I'm fixed for the podcast too. Now, next I want to go through something. I... I'm looking at not something bad. That sounded that sounded so bad. That sounded like I'm gonna tell you your parents are getting divorced. That's awful. No, um, I am thinking about if not live streaming a video of me recording these. Um, definitely live streaming the audio. And the reason why I wouldn't do the audio, why I wouldn't do the video necessarily, is because I. <laughs> Get really distracted staring at my own face, and if my and if I'm trying to record, uh, and I like keep looking at my own head in my phone screen, it's gonna it's not gonna make for good audio or video. But that said, I've been looking at a couple places to do that. If I was going to live stream it, the video, I would probably do it on, um, on Twitch. Because that's just that's the biggest live streaming platform. And if I was going to live stream just the audio, I would probably do it on something like Mixler, which is a um, it's like open source radio thing where you can just put on a radio show and people can sign on and listen to it. So I will keep everybody updated on that. However, if you maybe like this show a little bit more than you should. You can go on over to the link in the to a link in that I will provide in the description of this episode, and you can buy new official Lunchbox Radio merch um, with the Lunchbox logo that just says Lunchbox, and then anime considered under it. There is a T-shirt and a sticker you can buy. I highly recommend the sticker. Um, and if you have ever followed me on Instagram or anything social like that and you've seen any of my drawings, or if you, God forbid, follow me on TikTok, where there's only my drawings, um, you can buy stickers of, I believe it's up to, like, ten of those drawings I've turned into stickers now, but you can buy stickers, and those are super cheap and really great, so definitely check those out if you are at all interested. I will make sure I include a link in the description of this episode along with all the shows that we are going to talk about, that I talk about in this episode. Now, what I'm going to be talking about this on this Sunday edition is what I like to think of as assets. What I mean by assets is, I mean, the stuff generated in the process of getting to a finished animation that then help a company continue to make money off of that show or property. And I want to talk about kind of the granddaddy of this shit first because it gives us a good baseline for where we for where the industry goes from there and how the industry uses its assets and turns them into more money down the line. So 
If you've ever watched a show and you felt like it's an infomercial for something else, you're not wrong. Most anime is, at the very least, a commercial. When it's aired on TV in Japan, it's at the very least a commercial for the like Blu-ray disc version of that show. And the reason why that's true is because... And you would know this if you've seen um, Shiro Bako, but the... Anime production schedule is so tight all the time that inevitably there's like hiccups in animation, weird shit that they can, weird shit that could be better, and all this stuff. So when, so when that gets fixed, and when they eventually release it on Blu-ray, because they have a little bit more time, they can go back into the animation and say this, this scene is a little funky. Let's just spruce it up a bit, and so, and this isn't really in necessarily intentional, but it's the way it ends up working, when you watch the television broadcast of something, and this is not true of um, simulcasting, that's a little bit diff it's a little bit of a different terminology there, but when you watch the television broadcast of something, you're watching not a bad past, but they're, f like, they're you're watching, like, a master copy and not a gold master copy. And if you're not a software developer, you're not a video game developer, you're probably like, what the fuck does that mean? And what the fuck that means is, what in video, especially in video games, when you play a master copy of a video game, you're playing it just before it was completely finished, like all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, all the 900 things dealt with, so it, it runs the best it can run. That's sometimes just because the nature of animation and how long it takes and how much money it needs to go into it is sometimes the way TV broadcasts are. And there have been stuff that has been like wholly changed and fixed in disc releases of shows. That's, that's one way that the um, anime industry sells things to you, uses the assets it generates to sell things to you, and that's improving the assets, so you want to go out and buy that Blu-ray disc because it will just look better. But the, the, original, the original hustle in the, like, push assets on young children <laughs> game is actually perfected by a show that everybody knows, that everybody listening to this knows, and it, people who haven't listened to it know, and during the 2021 Olympics, I'm sure the world will know if they don't already know, and that property is Gundam. Now, Super Sentai shows do this too, and um, Gonagai shows do this especially, but giant robot shows have it down to this weird fucked up science, and that is... In Gundam, Gundam is a commercial for selling plastic model kits to children and adults. To, let's call, children of all ages. And what I mean by that is that they, when you see a Gundam design on screen, you can then turn around and go out and buy or, go, or just pick up your phone and buy a plastic model kit of that exact Gundam design. And... If you've ever wondered why there are so many transformations in 
a Super Sentai show like the Power Rangers or why every season everything looks just a little different, like just different enough where like maybe we only need to add one thing to the mold this year, man. So we make a little extra money on that new Gundam kit. <laughs> it's because those iterations and those different designs will then become real and be sold as toys. And if you look at the... And Austin Walker talks about this on um, the very early on in the season, in the current season of Friends at the, Ta Friends at the Table, I've committed to listening to all partisan fucking finally because I loved that thing when I started listening and just dropped off hard for whatever, for like whatever stupid reason. But it, he talks about the Sinanju Stein, which is literally a g giant robot from Gundam that only exists as a toy. It, it, like, it, it had not been put into, as far as my knowledge, it may have now, um, but it had not necessarily been put into the show in order to, like, animated property in any capacity. And, but all of the things you see in the animated property, you can go out and buy. If you want to um, go out and buy Master Asia's Master Gundam, you super can. It comes with a little version of him in it. And so that's the first, that's like the original, your grandpappy's way of monetizing your assets is every time there's a new iteration of a thing on screen, make that available for kids to get for Christmas. Um, but that has... That has an interesting side effect in Gundam, because I'm not. I think that G Gundam was a anniversary was one of the anniversary product projects for Gundam, but G Gundam is widely regarded as like totally insane. Whether you love it or hate it, it's considered totally insane, and it's also considered to be super racist, <laughs> and there's a big reason for that. And as far as I understand it, the Studio making G Gundam did not want to make that show the way it ended up being made. They did not want to pump out model kits for the Gundam machine, but they couldn't exactly say no because they took on the project. So of course they like Bandai wanted like one new kit per episode or some stupid amount of bullshit. And so... <laughs> this, is, this is the best, most fucking trolling we know what we're doing, and fuck you. We don't care if it's a bad thing, because it's for bad people, because we're doing it to mess with bad people that I've ever heard. They intentionally did things like, what if we just made Tequila Gundam? Like, <laughs> they just intentionally continued to push the envelope in the most racist way they could figure out how in hopes that Bandai would break, just straight up game of chicken break and not be like fuck, fuck you, we're not we're not making Sombrero Gundam fuck off and here's the, here's the important thing, as far as I understand it, they never did like, this background stuff that you can't go buy from G Gundam, 
but the lion's share of the important story Gundams you could go buy. I'm actually fairly certain you can go buy Gundam Holland, which is straight up a windmill with robot arms and legs and a Gundam face behind the windmill pet propeller. And that's bananas. That is bananas. But it's it's the flip side of that coin. Now, next thing I want to talk about, and I, I'm going to set, set this in three sections. I'm going to talk about what had been done before, and that was the Gundam thing. What is largely being done now, and what I have an inkling of an idea might be done in the future to like make money off of all these assets and stuff. Now, what's happening is people take character designs and... Companies take these character designs, they license them out for figures, and they and figures get produced. So when you buy a figure of Zero Two from um, Darling and the Franks, that figure is a licensed product from that property, and everybody in that property gets some small amount of money. Most people don't get enough money, to be fair. The biggest, one of the bigger successes in this format is actually Studio Ghibli because their properties are so valuable. Uh, Studio Ghibli figures, if you get a good one, cost a fuck ton of money. If, if let's say you wanted a Lady Eboshi figure from um, Princess Monoki, which is a thing I deeply want in my, in my life. That will cost you about $500 American. It just will. There's no way around it. And the reason for that is because they make a... You can, you can go see this process, go see the, the inside of this process a little bit in this film called Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, which I think is on, um, on Netflix. I will make sure to include a link in the episode description so you can go find it. But... It, that's the, like, current thing. If you, t- if you take your character goods, you take your, you take your, all the visual IP you have made, and you directly translate it to things like figures, things like, um, pencil boards, things like stickers, things like, um, folders. Uh, the most, like, brazen of this, and actually the most smart, it turned out, for KyoAni is they have digital, they have digital art. They have just straight up digital art. You can go, you can pay, I think, about the equivalent of $2 per and you can download straight up, like, super high res um, what's it called? Art assets from their website. You can just do it. And that actually turned out to be really helpful for them in the uh, in the aftermath of the Kyoani fire, where I actually donated to that GoFundMe. I donated like fifteen or twenty dollars or something, maybe twice. I forget. Um, but I also went and I did buy I think like five of those things, which I immediately lost and do not know where they are. But you know. It's fine. I, I didn't do it because I wanted the thing. I did it because I wanted to help. And 
That, but th that, that version means that all of their old stuff that they lost in KyoAni is actually insanely valuable because if they still had it, they could go back to it and continue to help it, have it help them make money. Now, for the last, for our last section here, I want to talk about what I think will probably be true of the assets being made, especially for 3D CG anime, but for anime going forward in the future, and that is still character goods, like, there's always, there's always going to be a new Ryoko figure from um, Gurren Lagann that you can buy. There will just always be that. She's a sexy lady in a bikini top. Those things will sell like, will sell like hotcakes. But, and I'm going to talk about a show that I don't particularly like, and I don't think portrays the... Um, the property in the best light, or the IP, let's call it the intellectual property in the best light, and that is Ghost in the Shell 2045. If you look at that show, that show is designed, designed to print merch off of. Why do I say that? The reason why I say that is because they redid the, all the characters as 3D models. They... I mean, the show looks awful, don't get me wrong, but they redid all the characters' 3D models. They have different versions of Tachikoma, they have different versions of robots, they have a character who's super marketable in that show that's just introduced as, that's just introduced as a new supporting cast member, and Something I know from using creative software for a long time is there's not much space between the kind of 3D file that you need to animate in 3D and the kind of 3D file you need for a 3D printer. And 3D printers are now at a really high, in like a really high-end place, which means if you wanted to buy a 3D printer and start making anime figures, you 100% could. You just could. You'd you have to do some cutting and some micro-sanding, but you could get there pretty fucking easily. And if they took, the, if many 3D CG anime took their exist, existing 3D models of those characters, they could export them to being 3D printed goods literally overnight. It, it would not be hard. You just need the appropriate print, the appropriate three, a high-end 3D printer, and the appropriate amount of 3D resin, of plastic resin, which is like comes in spools by like the hundreds of feet or some bullshit. And I'm not saying that's why all of these 3D CGI shows are being produced, but I think that. It's not, it's not a non-factor, because if you think about the beginning of, our, of this episode when I said Gundam was made to sell plastic model kits to kids. The reason there's another, every season of Power Rangers is different Red Rangers, because they want to sell Red Ranger figures until everybody's put in the dirt. <laughs> and... 3D C and make it easier on yourself 
it's always it's always good for those companies because and I'm not try, trying to say that any of the studios doing this are evil. I I don't want to put that out, and I don't want to say that they are saying like, oh, if we do the, if we make Ghost in the Shell this way, then we'll be able to. We should do this only because we can sell figures off of the assets way easier. That's not the reason that they made Ghost in the Shell. 2045. The reason why they made Ghost in the Shell 2045 is because Netflix gave them an uncomfortable amount of money, probably. But the the truth is is that animation is super expensive, and without some other form of revenue being generated by it, other than just you get a cut of the commercial proceeds, you... It's not sustainable. And it's super not sustainable if you have something like the Anti fire or the current coronavirus issues that the entire industry has been dealing with because these animation studios are basically big cubicle sets of tons of people breathing the same air for hours at a time and in order to create a cohesive thing so it ends up being valuable for these studios to be able to use the things they create to use their creation to make money off of if um you want a perfect last example of this um pat labor pat labor was um Done, and I forget the name of the studio, but Pat Labor was done by an independent studio, and it's their only project. And it was done by this independent studio because it was established by and for the creators of that series. And so they control everything about Pat Labor, end to end. So they can they make sure that they're making that they are making money off of. That the animation company that makes Pat Labor ultimately makes money off of that all the way through. And if you're wondering, like, why is that necessary, take a look at um, Macross. Macross was made by one by, by an animation studio and by a director. I forget the director's name. But then it was sold to a company named Harmony Gold. And Harmony Gold, the... The thing about Harmony Gold is fuck Harmony Gold. Because Harmony Gold has used that has made money off of Pat Labor, uh, off of not Pat Labor, off of Macross for decades. And it has made the licensing rights to get access to Macross so expensive and so arbitrary and shitty that it's it's just it's like, it's like bananas. And that is also the reason why Trigger split off of Gynax, because Gynax, by the time, and this has come to super light now, thanks to Hideki Anno dragging them through the mud in the Japan business times, I think. But if, because Gynax got irresponsible, at some point, and started merching everything they could figure out how to put Rei Ayanami on, I, 
it became this house of cards that eventually fucked up and went sideways. And Trigger, if you notice, Trigger has a lot of licensed goods. I have um, actually over on the other side of my studio, I have a um, Ryoko figure. There's tons of Trigger merch. But because they control it, and because they control it in a different way than the old school studios did, that merch really helps them in the same way that KyoAni's merch really helps it. And KyoAni is another example. KyoAni makes um, makes almost exclusively IP it owns. So if KyoAni has worked on something, it is their right whole all the way through. That's why. So they they will go after, and this is actually shown to be a great thing and shown to great effect in the second season of Shirobako. They go after properties so they can have full control of them. There's no third party, there's very little production committee shit that happens in there, I would imagine. So they have total control of their property, which means they have total control of the sales of future merchandise, which is really the, that's the ball game. And I'm, why I'm not saying that like 3D CGI anime is, shouldn't be produced. I think that we'll be surprised at how much of the 3D CG stuff is done for pure profit in terms of profit down the line. Because I can guarantee you, and I'm pretty sure I've seen them actually, you can go buy um, a um, figure of, Mak- of Makoto Kusanagi from um, Ghost in the Shell 2045, and that's kind of why she looks the way she does, and why the model, what, why they did that show in 3D CG, because they can print her off a printing press then. And it's a shame to me because you look at the production sketches for that show, which you can see in the literally the end, the end, the end sequence of every episode. And those sketches are beautiful. If we had a Ghost in the Shell show that looked like the sketches at the end of every episode of 2045. It would be amazing. That stuff would be beautiful. Those figures would be gorgeous. Like the, the like just the promotional posters would be incredible. The promote piece of promotional art where they use that, where they use that stuff is already incredible, and it's like computer phone size bullshit. It just. If the thing to worry about for the Gundam age of, like, assets turned into profit was the, like, preying on little kids by, like, by giving the Gundam a new cannon every five seconds, then the thing to, and the thing to worry about for, um, now is shows being produced in 3D CG so the toys are easy, are just easier to make. Then, 
I think the perfect middle ground is what's happening now, which is character goods, which are character goods are produced, those are interpreted, like, character designs are produced, those are then interpreted into figures at some point, and those figures are cast or whatever they are, because, A, that's, that's, I guarantee you employs more people, um, B, it has more artistry to it. The, and, and the thing about that you forget about when you see a 3D CGI show is those assets are produced once and only once. Whereas a figure for a show like Gurren Lagann, that thing's drawn out, that thing's iterated on, Sometimes if you have the, um, Bishoujo, if you have any of the, if you've seen any of the Bishoujo interpretations of characters that Good Smile does, I have the, um, Bishoujo, um, Yuri from Street Fighter 4, um, you can go to a different artist, you can go to, like, so imagine this, there's an artist, the pretty famous illustrator named Tomer Honoka, and Tomer Honoka, you can go look him up on, I'll actually put a link in the description, but his art is stunningly gorgeous. Imagine for a second that the team for Bakemono Guitari takes a sketch of, um, of, um, Maoyoi, we'll say Maoyoi, because, um, actually, Imagine they take a sketch of Nedeko from Bakemono Katari to Tomo Hinoka and they say, We would like you to pay we'd like to pay you to interpret this character into something that can then be made into a figure. And so that is that is already two artists being paid. That's already at least two artists being paid. That is the character designer and the and Tomo Hinoka, the illustrator. And then you take it to um, someone who will sculpt it and work with it maybe in a 3D program and it gets generated into a figure that can be then be printed or cast or whatever. So, whereas for a 3D CG anime, you pay, someone, you pay a character designer kind of once in the current model, in like the current 2D model, you pay a lot of artists to do a lot of really valuable work and produce a lot of other cool things the world gets to experience over and over again. And that's, that's a net good because it gives us more art in the world. And I'm always a supporter of that. But if you like this episode, I haven't, you can subscribe to the podcast on any um, podcast pro- podcast app you're using to listen to me right now. If you want to rate, rate this episode, you can do so on iTunes. A five-star review really helps the show. But until Thursday, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on Thursday.